Hi, and welcome to episode 140 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Pacelli, and with me today are Vicki Stokes. Hi. And Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And also joining us today, we are very happy to say, is Victor Cahiao, a returning guest. How you doing, Victor? Wonderful. I always love talking to you because you can say my name right. So. <laughs> I think I've heard it pronounced so many times that... Uh, <laughs> I know how to. And speaking of which, the reason why I know is because you are a staple in the Mac community. And so for the listeners who are relatively new to the community and are unfamiliar with you, can you give us a little bit of a background on on you? Sure, sure. I'm happy to do that. I would say I'm more of a paperclip than a staple, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I started podcasting in 2005, and uh, I had a show called a typical PC user. I was still a PC user at that time. And at the end of 2005, I switched to a Mac. And I just because of who I am, I thought there was a great opportunity to do a podcast about a typical Mac user, a person like me who was just coming in to the Mac world. And how do I, how did I navigate through it? I thought, well, you know, um, I, I was taught a long time ago that if you want to really know something, you have to see it once, you know, and then you have to do it once, and then you have to teach it once. And so I was following that principle to say, as I learn how to do this, I'm going to take everybody along for the ride who wants to come. It was a good, apparently good formula, and uh, the show was very successful. I ended it in 2011 because I had some health problems that have since been pretty resolved. and. Um, and and I had a ton of uh, fun doing it. I met a lot of people in the community. I was a uh, speaker at Macworld. Uh, so, you know, I still keep in touch with all things Macintosh. Uh, and recently, I've, for whatever reason, I've been invited to come on some shows, which I'm I'm happy to do. Okay, so one of the things that you have done in the past couple of years is after you retired, you decided to become a nomad. Well, only uh, only a snowbird nomad. Um, my, my wife and I d did decide to move from sunny, beautiful California to the Midwest in South Dakota. Uh, and we've gotten a lot of funny looks about that. But there was a lot of good uh, financial reasons and family reasons to do that. And because of that, we um, we bought a, an Airstream trailer, and which we just love. And then, you know... Every winter, every other winter so far in the last three years, uh, we take off around middle of December and we don't come back until early April. And yes, we live, you know, in Arizona or in Las Vegas and we live in the trailer with the dog. And, and it's an interesting way to live, especially, you know, me being the geek that I am and thinking about what I have to do to, to not just drop that for the winter, you know, so... So why did you decide to do that as opposed to just getting a summer home, um, sorry, a winter home in Las Vegas or Arizona or Florida? Just finances. And my wife got just fascinated by these Airstream trailers uh, right before she, um, when she retired. And so she said to me, hey, let's buy one of these. And, and for a while, we thought we were going to live in it full time. But there were some logistical things that just weren't going to make that practical. Uh, you know, uh, health insurance and that they, you have to have, you know, uh, certain address to be able to have health insurance. Uh, also voting, where would we vote out of? Now, we could have become residents in South Dakota, 
even if we don't live here full time, because they do allow that here, if you actually come into South Dakota and stay a weekend in a hotel, you can claim residency to vote and to uh, and to have a place of residency. But then our mail would have had to be sent there. There were a bunch of logistical things that I won't get to that just said, hey, look, we can just buy a little home in South Dakota and then we can just have this uh, trailer because it is a, a trailer, not a, a motor home. Um, and we can go when we want, where we want. And uh, so that was the decision that we ended up making. And we've been happy with that. <laughs> Are you taking notes, Suze? Because this is the oh, life yeah. that uh, you're going into. Actually, Victor, <laughs> it's so funny you should say that. We started... Um, we were walking our dog a few years ago and uh, we saw a little Airstream Sport. And I said, isn't that the cutest thing? We ended up by getting a 22 Sport. We had it for a year. And last year we upgraded to a 30-foot um, international signature because they were phasing out the signature line. And I can't tell you how happy we are. We're doing early retirement next year and we just plan on, you know, we're selling all our stuff. We're selling our house and <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're going to be full-time streamers. And we love it. We've been doing some mods, though. Actually, my husband, we are, we did a mod. We put a, um, a love seat recliner in there. So we took kind of that L lounge out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a pecan table made. And, you know, we tried to make it look very Pacific Northwest because that's where I'm uh, originally from. And um, we love it. I love, I just love that Airstream so much. It's really great. I know, I just hear your wife in me because that's exactly, I've kind of talked my husband into this. And now he loves it. It's just like we can't imagine any other lifestyle just to pick up and go when you want to go. And, you know, if the neighbors are too noisy, you can go boondocking. If you don't like where you are, you can move. So. Yeah, we've had wanderlust for a while, so I'm I'm very envious that you're you're doing it, and I we can't wait. Yeah, yeah, we have a 30 foot flying cloud, a 2016, and uh, and, and we 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 love that too. And and yeah, you know, my wife had never even gone camping with me in 20 years of marriage. So when she <laughs> came to me with this idea of let's buy, you know, this this trailer, a travel trailer, I thought. My goodness, to my, you know, I it, it was like almost I was like I was living in a movie or something because it's just <laughs> not like Mary, you know. But when I said, hey, if you're this excited about it, let's go for it. And um, and yeah, we haven't looked back. To, we we love it. And and what I really like about the Airstream, I think, from to tie it in back to the Mac and Macintosh stuff, is that it has that same style of aesthetic of design yes. that Mac computers have. You can just tell the workmanship and, you know, and the design factor and, and, and the, the classicness of it. And, and so that really played, at least for me, into that, okay, I can totally get into this. You know, we went and visited the factory and we got to see how they were made. And so it was just like, like going, they actually call it the mothership, just like we do uh, <laughs> as Mac geeks. And uh, so, yeah, it's a really fun lifestyle. Now, it, you know, there are, there are challenges to it. And we yep. can talk about some of those technologically. Uh, but overall, it, we're pretty blessed. I I agree because my husband did the same thing when our sons got I was a den mother and then when our our two sons got into Boy Scouts I said okay your turn you know I am not sleeping on the ground anymore been there done that so he was shocked he's like you really want to get a trailer I said yeah it would I said by the time Texas is a big state and we're here for right now Uh, we don't want to be here you know next year but I said, we need to explore some more. And I'd love to get out into the Piney Woods, East Texas. We absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you if you drive somewhere and you end up, you know, getting a hotel, you're talking about 
you know, three or 400 bucks, if not more, a weekend. And this yep. allows us to, you know, go get, at, you know, some of the state parks. Texas has some gorgeous state parks. Matter of fact, we were kicked out um, a few, about a month ago because they had to close down the state parks. And it was just the perfect sure. place to social distance. But I agree with you, Victor. There's a there's a, a, almost like a Johnny Ive aesthetic. Of course, Wally Mayim, you know, designed it. But it's everything, you know, is there, there's fancier um RVs out there. Airstream mm -hmm. is not all that fancy. If no. people think it is, it's not. That's why we got the recliners because when we were sitting there for two weeks, and I said, you know, this lounge is not bad, but I don't know if I could do this day in, day out. So we ended up ordering one. But the thing is, is that when something shuts like that door, they said, I can't remember how many days it takes them just to make that that metal door uh -huh. it shuts and you just feel like man when you shut that door you're in your little capsule I, it's there's something very beautiful about the line and the aerodynamicness of um, airstreams and i don't know about you victor but many times when we're camping sometimes we're the only airstream in the whole um, campground and people come up to us they're like oh you oh, know yeah. we love your airstream they always want to you know ask about it and what year it is and it's it's really interesting there's still a, a fascination with it Yes, you have to definitely be prepared for that if you have an Airstream because I think it's because it's a part of Americana or at least iconically it's a part of Americana. Yes. People, you know, people don't know much really about them like inside or they think they're fancier than they are. And and there is just like an Apple products, you pay an Airstream tax when you buy when you buy an Airstream. You're definitely paying a premium price, but they hold their value uh, right. from what I hear very well. We haven't sold ours yet, so I don't know for sure. But anyways, it's a, it's an exciting way to live. Again, it comes with some challenges, things that, you know, uh, especially for, not especially for my wife, for both of us, you know, uh, when we're traveling from the Midwest out to uh, Arizona or Vegas, hey, we have to spend the night overnight at a truck stop, you know, <laughs> and, and, and we have to boondock, which means, you guys, boondocking means you don't have any facilities as far as electrical or water or sewer. So you have to just kind of, you're just in your little cocoon and you walk outside and go inside the gas station and get yourself a slice of pizza and go to the restroom. Well, that is a really different experience for both of us than just the life that we've lived. But you know what? You get used to it. You know, after you do it a few times, you feel perfectly safe. Yeah, you know which ones to go to that you've had a good experience with. And so like anything else, you have to adjust. Uh, now we can all, we can bring it back to a technological perspective, and I can give you some some um, advice or some findings that we had in the last three years around technology, if that's where you want to go. But it's your show, not mine. Oh, absolutely! Please do, please share. Well, well, one of the biggest things that uh, we were challenged with is, you know, we're both geeks. We're both uh, doing something that requires a lot of downstream uh, data or upstream data. And so therefore, one of the challenges was, how are we going to do this in this trailer? Because truly, uh, if you look at our telephones, most of them are capped out um, at a certain um, gigabyte. For example, mm -hmm. we have an AT&T plan that after you get above 20 gigabytes, they can throttle you and, and slow you down. Now, that's never happened to us in our AT&T account in such a way that on our phones, we felt we were being throttled or we couldn't watch Facebook or YouTube or anything like that. So when we went out the first time on the road, we, I went out and bought a Verizon hotspot and I said, okay, we'll have our phones and that'll be one type of data plan. And then we'll have this hotspot to plug in our computers, 
RTV and Netflix, you know, and Amazon Stick and Apple TV or whatever it was, and we'll try that. Well, unlike AT&T, when you're done with the 20 gigs or whatever plan you buy with AT&T, they throttle you all the way down to nothing, you know, one megabit per second or something, just nothing. You, you are done. So by the time that, I don't know, maybe 12 days, 10 days into our plan, we were done with Verizon. We could no longer watch on our TVs, any of our streaming services, none of that. All we could do was watch over the air antenna, you know, that's built into the trailer. And that was okay, but it's not the same thing. So this year when we went out again, I started doing the research again because I'm like, that is not acceptable to me. You know, I'm too much of a geek to make that acceptable. So we found that Netgear makes a router called the MR1100 Nighthawk. It's a cellular modem. And uh, I think there's a 4G version, and now there is even a 5G version. And we got it through AT&T. Now, it was not cheap. I think it was $300. But for $35 a month, we were able to add that to our current AT&T plan. And we found that just like our phones, it would not limit us in bandwidth. This last winter, when we were in Arizona and Vegas, we were easily putting 50 to 60 gigs of data through it, and not once were we not able to watch The Mandalorian or whatever, Netflix or any of those things. So that was super good. Now, the cool thing about this router, too, is that uh, if you want to use it at home, let's say you have a power outage or a winter storm or something, uh, you can just you know, turn it on. It's a hotspot, and then you'll have data in your house again. Just connect everything up to it. The downside, when we're not in winter, we're still paying $35 a month for that, that service. That was going to be my next question about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's just the cost of doing business, basically. And that's, that's you know, this is really interesting. Uh, you, I'm so happy you touched upon this, Victor, because we have a we have a WeBoost, you know, because my husband works many times when we're, at, when we're camping. He has to work. Of course. And so we have a WeBoost for that. But I got throttled a lot when we were out for two weeks a month ago. I had nothing. I use, because, I, you know, my AT&T plan carries over every month. So I had tons of gig. I went up, I went through that in like, 10 days. I couldn't believe it. So they throttled me down to nothing. So we thought about getting a hotspot. But when my husband started looking and researching them, the Verizon ones, they got really bad reviews. So sure. so this one's called the AMR Nighthawk. Is that what you, you said? It's called the Netgear MR1100 MR Nighthawk. And again, depends where you're at as to whether you're going to get throttled by AT&T or not. I'm not okay. saying you're not. But we were in Las Vegas. Uh, and so big metropolitan city like that, you're not really going to get bottled. And so most of the winter, we were in Las Vegas. We just stayed at a, a KOA campground across the street from Samstown. Not the best part of town, not the fanciest <laughs> thing. But for $600 a month or a little more, we had full hookups. And we felt safe. And we could get to everything in Vegas until mid-March when uh, the COVID thing started getting serious. And then we yeah. we left early and, and we saw Vegas getting shut down. It was quite an experience, actually. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> yeah. It was it was very eerie to see that town closing down. They, you know, they, they, they were pressing against it before. And then about, you know, the day that the basketball teams quit, 
Uh, then you could all of a sudden the casinos were very empty. The next day they were doing three seats to a blackjack table and every third slot machine, which is what they're going to be doing going forward, by the way. Uh, and uh, and then it was just like nothing. You would you went to the strip, and literally there were no cars. It was like uh, I, I thought to myself, if I were a film company, I would be out here built, uh, filming a you know a post-apocalypse movie or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. I mean, that's what I had to say about that. I can talk to you a little bit about you know <laughs> what I tried to bring on the road with me, and you know because you always have to think uh, very carefully about that because you only have so much room. Yeah, go ahead. You know, for me, it was just, uh, you know, minimally, I, I, I'm a musician, so I need to bring my MacBook Pro, and I need to bring an external hard drive, so and, and a little tiny miniature keyboard that I can use with Logic. Uh, and so, you know, I, I was able to bring all those things and at least do some creation of music where I wouldn't need to be online. I was just creating there. So that was nice to be able to do that. Uh, but, you know, what... When you are on the trailer, you you just learn the ropes, and it takes. There's no other way to learn but to make some really big mistakes, and then you and then you learn, and then you say, okay, now I've got this down, and and you know, thank goodness for like notes in iOS. You know, my my brain just gets dumped into notes every single day, and uh, and that's how I keep you know I keep list about checklist about what to do before we leave. Check this about what to do to winterize the trailer when we come back or, you know, all of that stuff. And it's, so it's just a matter of being uh, very thorough and, uh, and having had some experience with project management really helped me out in that area. Now, when you're recording your music, do you do it in the Airstream or do you wait until you get back to your uh, house in South, uh, South Dakota? Well, it depends. I mean, most of the stuff that I'm recording when I'm on the road is what's called MIDI data, which is just you're playing virtual instruments inside of Logic through a keyboard. So you're not using microphone or vocals. I'm literally just creating data by playing into a keyboard, and that goes into Logic so that you can edit it. It's quite quite a good deal. And so then, yeah, when I get back, I can take all that stuff refine it if i need to uh, overdub my saxophone with a microphone i can do that at home but from the creative perspective i can write you know 85 percent of the music and put it into logic in a form that when i get back that i can refine it you know on my iMac pro and with all my other you know plugins and all that kind of stuff hmm, okay so one thing that you mentioned uh in the show notes is that you are going into live streaming video well, I'm attempting it. Um, so I'll preface this by saying that uh, I'm the kind of person that if I'm not learning something new, I can be just a real pain. Uh, I just I get antsy. And I, so I really always have to be in a learning mode. And uh, when we were kind of sitting here isolated, I mean, I, I have plenty to do with my music and stuff. But I'm like uh, a couple of times I went into Facebook just with my little webcam on my Mac. And I played my saxophone over some background music for my friends in California and family and people seem to like it, you know? And I thought, okay, well, you know, how do I take this to the next level and learn more about it? Um, a, um, I don't know if you guys know Alex Lindsay from the pixel core. Uh, he's quite him. a renowned, yeah, he's quite a renowned videographer, live streamer. He puts on huge events in the live stream area. He started doing something when the isolation came every morning at, I think it's six o'clock Pacific eight, my time. 
where they go on for three hours and then he calls it office hours. And people just go on and talk about live streaming, ask questions. Doesn't matter what level of expertise you have. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you can you can just participate by listening and asking questions on Zoom through the chat. Or if you want, you can step it up and actually go into the panel and participate that way. So I started listening to those and, and you know, hearing about what equipment you need and what software you need. And, and I ended up, you know, um, really getting into it and thought, okay, uh, I'm going to, hey, all I need is an excuse to buy some gear. Just ask my wife. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I just went ahead and uh, said, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do this at a higher level. And I bought um, a, a really super great camera uh, called the Blackmagic um, Pocket Cinema 4K. This camera is really designed to do, you know, cinematic type commercials or independent films and that kind of stuff. It is like way overkill for uh, streaming, but I thought, okay, I'll use it for streaming. Uh, and then when the summer comes and we can actually go out of our house, I can also take some creative videos that I can then add music to my own music and stuff. Uh, so I got that. And then I thought, well, I have a couple of other cameras laying around the house, video cameras. I can also use those for different angles, like a picture of my keyboard uh, or, you know, whatever. And so I, I bought something called a switcher, which you plug several cameras into. It's like a mixer for, for video. You plug one or two cameras. You plug, you can do an HDMI out of your Mac into it. You can do an HDMI audio out of your iPad or a video. And then you can switch between these channels as you're doing live streaming. I can be talk, doing a talking head. Then I say, okay, I want to show you an example of what I'm doing in Logic to create this section of this music. And I can switch to my Mac. And then you, you'll see my Mac. And so I can, it's very, very cool. And, um, and so I've been getting into that. And I, you know, because of like anything else, you end up, um, you know, spending money to do it right and just learning. And there are days that I'm frustrated to no end at the end of the day because I thought I had it and something goes wrong, but isn't that the beauty of learning uh, is that, you know, you have to fall down. You only learn from your mistakes. Exactly. You know, if you, know, if you were successful every day, you'd never learn anything. So I'm having a blast, you know, and, uh, and it's starting to look good and I'm starting to, to get it. I haven't really live streamed yet. And I know, I just know the four people that watch this at the end of all this are going to love it. <laughs> because it'll only be four. I mean, I you know, I know that now. I remember when I started podcasting, I had these dreams of thousands of people. And it, it just doesn't happen that way. Now, my Mac podcast, I did have ten or 11,000 people. But let's just say the truth. I'm not exactly the demographic for live streaming, okay? A, a retired 60-year-old. But it doesn't matter. To me, creation has always been the process of creation is where the magic for me happens. At the end of it, sure, I have a nice product. I have a CD I put out in 2016. Very proud of it. But do I go back and listen to that? No. Am I going to go back and listen or watch the streams that I put out? Probably not after I've spent four hours editing each one. But it's just where I get my jam is the process of actually creating. And so if that's the case, I'm winning. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 100%. 
I think the two, the three of us can relate to that. We do, we do this podcast because we just like hanging with each other and talking about technology. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's and, and other stuff. And other, <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> yeah, and whatever, whatever stuff. There's plenty to talk about these days. That's and that's one thing I do miss about podcasting is that that interaction between people. And uh, but oh, I I remember. Oh, I remember spending so much time looking at my downloads and how many subscribers do I have? And it was misery. It was depressing. And so I, I had to snap out of it and I had to just say, this means nothing. You know, it's just, just be yourself and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, that's yeah. really, it's that's really the to, key. But it's, it's tough to get yeah. to that mindset because you feel like, at least from my personal perspective, you feel like I'm putting all this time and energy and like you said, four people are watching me. Why am I bothering? Mm -hmm. But we have to get to the point where we say we're learning. So hopefully in the future, it's going to be better than it is right now. Plus with right. Vicky and Suzanne and I, we enjoy so much the conversation between us, not only mm -hmm. when we're recording, but the conversation we have before we record and after we record. Mm -hmm. So it's keeping right. the friendship going. And I also agree with you, Victor, about the you've got to be learning. And I truly believe that if you are continually learning and pushing yourself and learning doesn't have to be what you're going through. It could be as simple as picking up a book and oh, reading absolutely. about a particular topic that you like. If we continue yep. to learn, I truly believe that it keeps us younger. Right. And I don't want to sound Pollyanna. Trust me, I have enough darkness in me to know what happens if I don't do that. You know, and I mean, I know what the consequences are. I have felt them. And so it's like, oh, no, for your uh, mental health, for your physical health, you've got to keep trudging away. Because if you don't, you can go to a dark place and then it's not so much fun. That's, I mean, I'm just being real. That's just the way it is. Yeah. No, I, I do believe that, you know, learning can be, it could be learning how to cook. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yep. It could be um, anything, just reading more or learning the video or figuring out ways, if you can't go to the gym, how to exercise at home, just anything. But I really do believe you, we need to keep on learning. I mean, back in 2007, I went back to college to get a degree, another degree. And I did most of it online. But some people said, why are you doing this? And what do you mean you're not going to get a job afterwards? And I said, but I'm learning. Isn't that the whole right. point? And even my husband, who's not really, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, he, he didn't mind, he didn't, he had no problem with me going back to school. But he totally agreed with me. He goes, well, she's learning something. So isn't that good? Right. And, you know, I got my degree in web design. I did not get a job afterwards, but now I can look at a website and kind of figure things out where I couldn't before. That's awesome. You know, and I mean, you three have been doing this for a while consistently and that's the other key. It's, you know, uh, I mean, I'm with podcasting, it's consistency. If you're going to say you're going to a weekly show, you better do a weekly show. And, uh, and that commitment to each other is to be applauded. That's not easy to do. 
I think we're all adult learners, though. I mean, you and um, I mean, all of us, the four of us, mm -hmm. because Vicki, you know, just went back to school. I went back like Lisa. I went back in my 40s to get an art degree because I had been a nurse. And I I thought about should I get a bachelor's in nursing or should I just go ahead? Because I was so close to it. Um, and I said, you know what? The heck with it. I'm just going to go for art. And, you know, I sometimes I kind of regret thinking, well, but not really, not especially now with COVID. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> but uh, thank you, nurses. But I think, you know, especially during this pandemic, I think it's almost as if the universe, I don't want to sound woohoo, but it's almost as if we have a reset button set. I think we are realizing how much damage, at least in a visual way, that we've done to this earth when, you know, we have water and air that are, you know, clearing up. Um, I think it's a great time for people to reconnect with their kids and their family, at least in my neighborhood. I've never seen so many families riding their bikes and, and walking now. It's been really wonderful. We first moved into this neighborhood. I said, where are all the kids? This is so odd. I know there's kids, but nobody rides their bikes. Well, the pandemic has changed that. And I think, you know, for me, um, Procreate, the fabulous app, um, offered two months of free Skillshare classes. So I've been taking this black letter calligraphy, which is very challenging. Actually, it's harder than, but I love it. And it's just about, you know, reading that pile of books you have, like always learning. And I think, you know, I think that at least in my experience, you know, when I used to work in nursing is the people that keep mentally active, stay young, you know, when you're learning, yes. Um, you stay young. It's not that you have to listen to current pop music, but you you basically have a pulse on, on current trends and what's going on, and you keep your memory. I think you, you keep your memory better. Um, and, of course, not in all cases, but I always found the people that were young at heart were always learning. They were always up to do anything. And I, I think that general joie de vivre really helps us all when, you know, especially when we're, you know, um, all getting a little older. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, I totally agree with uh, your concept of uh, that this virus has uh, been a reset, has been a reboot. Um, you know, this is going to be the generational thing that that'll be the equivalent to the Great Depression was for our grandparents. Yes. You know, we used to wonder why they saved bags and why they were hoarders. And we used to wonder about why, why are they like that? But I think now we're going to know. And I think and I think the society is going to change. And you're right. I think it's going to uh, it, it has brought back the fact that science counts. Math counts, you know, physics is real. And for a while there, I think uh, we were starting to put those concepts to the side and say, well, let this just fall where they may. I'm not going to be here anyways. Guess what? We're here. And, and, the, and the effects of what's happening globally are upon us. I mean, look at our pollution. It's so much better just after two months yes. of people not things. So, so I hope that people see that there is a, a silver lining it's hard day by day, but I think at the end of the day, probably society will be better. I, I know I needed it because I think we just have to do this check on ourselves. Like I have to do a check on myself not to watch news because it triggers me. I agree. So I'm like, I... I'm like, go do something, go create something because then you don't have to watch it. You don't have to be engaged in it. And I, those, I also... those are called healthy coping skills. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah. And I, I also think you know, as disappointing, as horrible as it is, it, you brought up a really good point, Victor. When I used to take care of um, older patients, especially, you know, 
people that lived through the depression, my grandmother included, they would save, you know, a little piece of tinfoil. I do the same thing, but I always thought that was because I lived in new, I was born in new England mm-hmm. and I thought that's just me being thrifty. But I think it's that whole mindset where I, my neighbor who in Texas here, he passed away last year and he uh, lived to be 99 and he was very thrifty. He, unbeknownst to me, I guess he was very wealthy, but he never acted like that. He always, you know, I used to bring him over meals and stuff because I was so worried about him. Mm -hmm. But it's that thing where he doesn't spend money. I mean, he asked me to sew up a rip in his pants. And I mean, I thought, well, they're threadbare. Now, he could have certainly afforded to buy a new pair, but it was that mindset. You just don't waste anything, you know? Yeah. And 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 he ended up giving all his money to to charitable groups which i think is fabulous but i also think you know for right now children kids that have been disappointed especially with graduation and there's mm-hmm. been a lot of things some mm-hmm. you know it i know it's a harsh lesson but it mm-hmm. also has made us aware that you just don't always get what you want i think we were really going along our, our economy was you know zinging along and everybody yeah. just had this mindset where you know nothing bad's going to happen to me well that's not the truth and i think people are getting more real i know that's kind of odd but it seems like they're taking into account what really matters in life and yeah they didn't have graduation but they're able to do this instead you know so well hard. it's a real it's a real test of our character i mean this is the opportunity we have to show our uh, children and our children's children and anyone what giving is really all about. It's not, I mean, it's unfortunate that it's become a divisive thing. It shouldn't be because I'm not going to wear a mask because, you know, it's for me. I'm going to wear a mask for you. You know, it's pointing the other way. It's not for me. You know, I can just stay at home or whatever, but if I go out and so some of the people that, are ridiculing other people for wearing masks. I'm like, no, 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 you're not getting it. I'm not making a political statement. I'm not, I'm doing it because I love all of you. And and I don't want to be responsible for someone getting a disease. Yes. And if people, I agree and, with you because our, yeah. our, do- our neighbor is a doctor. And I think about her, she has a little boy, two years old. And I think about her because she's right on the front lines of COVID right here in Dallas. And I, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's also our healthcare workers. We're wearing it for, you know, it's an unselfish act, and but we're also trying to to prevent people from going to the hospital and exposing our healthcare workers as well. We need them. We need them on the front lines. Yeah. So we have to be able to to tell our kids, you know, uh, it, it, some of the parents that are going out and not wearing masks with their kids. I'm like, what message are you sending to your child? You're telling them right. that it does. It's all about you. It isn't all about you. It's okay to be all about you when you're 12. When you're 15, but not when you're are an adult. It's up That's to right. us. We are our brother's keeper. We don't have to pay for our brother's everything, but we do have to care enough to save their life. Anyway, I'll get off that bent. <laughs> no, but that, what you bring up a really you know, good point. I, I hate for mass to become politicized because this is not about politics. This is about, no. this is a, we do, we have no precedent, precedent excuse me, 
about this virus. We don't know if it's going to subside. We don't know if we're going to get a second or third wave. It is not the flu, people. It's not, it, it, it's, right. it's found in equatorial countries. This is not, heat's not going to kill it. It's not going to disappear in the summer. <laughs> right. But we do know that social, physical distancing works. We do know that masks, for whatever reasons, you know, are, is helping our numbers, you know, at least here or flattening out, at least in Dallas right now. Sure. So we know this stuff is working. And it's not to say we just have to find a new normal. We have to find a way to stay safe, keep our children safe. Because, you know, the other night when my husband and I were walking our dog, we decided to go to the lake. We said, oh, okay, we'll go at 730, though, you know, because there probably won't be any people there. Well, that, that wasn't true. And there were big groups of people sitting around, no masks, no nothing. And I thought, you know, and they're going to be the first ones when they go to the hospital demanding a ventilator. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, take responsibility. You know, this this thing is very virulent, and they just do not know. They're, they're finding it affects the systems of the bodies in ways that, you know, no other type of virus does. And I certainly don't want to get it. I am so paranoid. I disinfect everything from Amazon. (laughs) I have, my husband said, oh my God, if you're like this now, I can't imagine what you used to be like when you're a nurse. I said, well, you have to be because we don't know how long it really lives on things. And there's so many unknowns with this virus, you know? Right. And when it comes to the technology, the virus has, thank God we have the technology we have. Imagine... If we didn't, imagine if we didn't have our iOS devices. Imagine if we didn't have an internet backbone that can sustain all these Zoom calls that are going on all over the world. Uh, Because people are having to be creative. All of a sudden, you see entertainers having to be creative in their own homes. You see production companies changing the way. I mean, um, American Idol has done their entire season with people doing stuff at home. So that stuff is hard. But it also stimulates the innovative, creative juices. And that's what it's going to do. Work is never going to be the same. Nope. I don't think any company will ever complain anymore about a, a, an employee telecommuting because they're going to find out they save money in real estate. Yes, they do. You know, so yeah. we're going to see an entire shift of how we think about an online presence at home. And in order to do that, we need to keep on having innovative products like iOS. Macintosh and PCs or whatever that facilitate the out of the toolbox that we need to live our lives in what is the new norm for a fulfilling way. Is it perfect? No. Uh, we will get back to normal. It will happen, but it's just going to take its course and then we'll we'll never be the same from the I don't think we'll ever see a 70,000 people concert again or a football game. Maybe we will. But I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. It's it certainly this year was uh, has been a shock to the system of Earth for sure. Yeah, and and Elisa goes to a lot of concerts, so and I still I, have my tickets, which mm-hmm. which made me realize this morning. I have always said that people should do whatever it is they want to do as long as it's not going to stop them from paying their mortgage or feeding their children or whatever. So that Mm -hmm. means if you want to travel, you should travel. If Mm -hmm. you want to go to concerts, go to concerts. And I've always been, because you never want to be in your rocking chair or on your deathbed and say, I wish I had taken that trip. I wish I had read all those books. And this morning I was thinking to myself, you know something? I did all those things. If I never do that again, because I have a cruise planned for October. Right. So we're still not sure what we're going to do about that yet. Sure. But if I cancel that cruise, if my concerts get canceled this summer and it's years before we get to go again, 
I can look back and say all those concerts I went to, all those cruises I took, all those other trips I took mm-hmm. and not have any regrets for not doing them. So let me ask you, you're a big concert guy, Gore. Mm-hmm. Let's say that a concert was held in a in an arena, but it was like a drive-in theater. So the band would be on stage performing. You would have the big screens and you would have uh, maybe the PA system, but they would also be streaming it to your FM radio that you were parked in your car. Uh, would you still go? Yeah. I would too. It would be different, but I would still go because, I mean, in essence, it's the same thing. You're sitting at a seat, watching the big screens, listening to the thing. Actually, it might be better fidelity coming through my stereo in my car. I don't know. Well, I have tickets this I have tickets this summer. Um, I go to a place. There's a lot of amphitheaters where you have the indoor and the outdoor seats. Uh-huh. I have tickets uh, for, for this place, summer indoor, summer outdoor on the lawn. Now, sitting on the lawn would still work because you have the screens on the outside of the amphitheater. And they could just make it so that, <clears throat> excuse me, they could make it so that people are sitting, you know, you're sitting with your own party. Because right. there's four of us that are supposed to be going, but make right. sure the four of us are here and then six feet away from us or nine feet away from us is the next group of people so that you could still sit out on the lawn. Yes, they could square out six foot, six foot squares and now instead of buying four tickets, you're buying a square, you know, basically. Yeah. 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 It'll be very interesting how people get creative to to work around all these things. I think the movie industry is over. It's going to be over. I think now that some people have released movies, same day release, that's going to be the new norm. We're, yeah. Pretty soon we're all going to be able to, you know, go to the movie or watch it at home the same day it's released at the movies. So yeah. do you think you guys are going to still wear masks when you go out in public? I, I am. Don't know. I, I will am, see. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wear a mask and I'll tell you right now, I will not fly any airline because I was in the, I was ready to go to France before the, um, just, just on the cusp of, uh, of COVID and my flight did get canceled. But when I see um, photographs like that doctor from New York um, took of United Airlines uh, on the way back to San Francisco, I am not going, uh, not with recirculated air. There's no way that I am going to fly without a mask. And now, even though the uh, airlines said they recommend it because the FAA has not come out and said, you really have to wear a mask on an airplane. If people take it off, they, they can, they don't, there's no repercussions. So I don't want to be next to that person that says, yeah, I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't care. I, I, and I really and don't. Then, then how are they going to, you know, the air that's in the that's airplane a good question. that's being that's recirculated. A, and that's, that's a good that's question. That's an issue. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. my husband is disappointed. He he got tickets. He really wanted to see the Eagles. He I, he wanted to see them a few years ago. And mm-hmm. then Glenn, Glenn Fry passed away. And um I said, just go get the tickets. Well, it was postponed twice and now it's been definitely postponed till next year. So we just, you know, got a refund on the tickets because we don't know. It's like next fall. We don't know if we'll be here or not. But, you know, who knows if there'll still be a concert or not. You know, we could just continue this for a long period of time. And I I don't know. I think people, I think there are going to be some people that are very wary of um, Mm -hmm. close contact with people. I think the music industry is going to change dramatically um gosh yes you know i think um and i think you're right victor i think you know movie theaters drive-ins may come back because you can social distance at a drive-in they will i think they will we had a drive-in here that opened last night several drive-ins have opened yep yep 
Yeah, Maine, Maine, when we lived in Maine for 30 something years. And so, um, you know, there used to be drive-ins all over the place and they closed. There was only one drive-in left mm-hmm. and they opened. And I thought, wouldn't that be something if drive-ins literally come back from this pandemic? And yeah. but the drive-in thing used to be a cool thing for the family to do, right? You bring your little blankets and you had your awesome. own suites, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you were dating a girl, it would be a very nice place to go. And so, yeah, you know, but, I think but when a I was a kid, to come back. <laughs> When I was a kid, yeah. I, I used to like to run around there, but you can't do that now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, nope. not, there's some industries that, you know, we have a bunch of um, stores, you know, uh, Nordstrom's is going away in a couple of air, a couple of cities here. And, uh, of course, Stephen Marcus was going anyway, JCPenney, Sears, all of them are not going to, their stores that they were planning on closing anyway are gone. They're not coming back. So that's the reality. But in terms of the movie theaters, that industry was having problems all along. You know, yeah. I, I can sit at yeah. home and stream. I can want, I can yep. wait to see a movie that was released. Um, I really wish I could have seen Invisible Man because that looked like it was going to be good. And it, it would have been <laughs> nice to see it on the big screen. But um, I can wait to see that. I I, I plan on getting a, a TV, another TV for my family room. Hopefully it'll be one of those smart ones and it'll be, you know, something that I can enjoy watching movies. Um I, I I think that that industry, like you said, Victor, is, is gone. Yeah. I agree with you, Vicki, because, you know, it's nothing more irritating when you buy, you know, a $10, $12 ticket and you sit down and there's people that are either coughing all the time or their babies crying. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Or talking mm-hmm. or have their iPhone on while they're, it's like, why are you watching a movie here? You know, because yeah. that light is so bright, even though they tell you to shut off your cell phone. So I, we just don't bother anymore unless it's like, yeah. like Star, you know, like Star Wars. We did go it, to see that. They actually tried. You know, they had these, these, all of the theaters have these like really nice cushy chairs that recline and, you know, they got rid of the cloth seats, which were sort of yucky. So you could actually come in and wipe your seats down if you want to do that. But, you know, it's, it was too little too late. You know, we, we have home theaters now. We can do, yep. we can enjoy it at home. Yeah, yeah I've actually, um, I haven't taught myself into this and I think that's good. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I've, I think it's, there's a great opportunity for someone to do a podcast or a video blog to assist seniors with the transition to this change of technology, Mm -hmm. you know, of how to use a Zoom call or how, you know, there's some things that just to get them brushed up a little more. I I think our generation is pretty lucky because we're pretty tech savvy, but -hmm. I think there's still opportunity to say, let me help you through what you're scared about because there's nothing to be scared of. And this and it isn't going to change for a while, so you might as well embrace it. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think retail, you know, I think retail has changed. Uh, you know, in restaurants, my son, my eldest son's a chef, and he said, you know, they were doing uh, curbside um, pickup and mm-hmm. takeout, and now that Texas has allowed dine-in, you know, with a twenty-five percent capacity, he said nothing's happening. They're still relying on their curbside and takeout because people are too scared to come yeah. in and dine in. Yeah. They're just not ready mm-hmm. yet. We've seen that here too. Is up in the northern counties, um, they're opening the restaurants, and practically nobody's coming. Well, they're, we live, small, they're small towns anyway, but you know, what can you say? we live in a state that was never closed down. There was never any uh, restriction, uh, really. There was recommendations, but th- that's as far as the government would go. Would be like, we recommend you do this, but whatever you do is really up to you. Uh, it's, you know, very much based on a Midwestern um, culture and, uh, you know, 
kind of take care of yourself. You know, we're not going to take care of you. It's scary as hell for me yeah. coming from liberal California. I'm just like, whoa, I don't know about you all, but I'm not going to do that. And so, uh, but what I have found is that people, like you said, they're still doing the right thing. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. They don't want to yeah. get sick. Yeah. Yeah. And with a pretty big state of California is to have the, the numbers that they have. It's only like a couple of over uh, 2,000 uh, deaths. So that's pretty damn good. And, you know, gosh, we went off the, off the rails to, here. Sorry about that. Well, no, to get back to Victor, though, and but that is something very powerful, Victor, about about hauling your towing your own home everything that i mean i can make i have all my kitchen decked out in there i i ended up um just using the i can do everything in that convection oven but the the storage everything's perfect we everything that we possibly need to live for the next decade is in that airstream mm -hmm. except for you know change of clothes we'll put it in my back of my husband's truck but that's the other thing when you when people don't know this that when you buy you should try, probably buy your first Airstream first. Don't buy a small one and then upgrade. You should probably buy the one that you really want and then get the get the truck to haul that sucker because we've gone yep. through we've gone through yep. three vehicles. <laughs> so I husband I said this is it. We you this is your truck for life, okay? Because I'm still <laughs> on my 20 year old car. This is your truck for life. You've had nine vehicle changes to my one. So, um, <laughs> but the thing is, is there's something very powerful in the time of a pandemic, thinking that you can just hook up and and you can be safe. You can go anywhere. You've got in the wilderness. You can do. Like um, Victor was saying, um, boondocking, or they call it dry camping. And, you know, with a with a bigger rig, you know, you're able to be there a little bit longer mm -hmm. period of time. And there's just something very reassuring about that. I don't know why, but I'm very reassured having having that trailer. Don't don't ask mm -hmm. me why. We're pathetic. Last week, Victor, we missed camping so much. We went up to our storage facility and we installed our recliner and we ended up having a glass of wine in there. I said, this is pathetic. We're, <laughs> we're in our storage oh, facility and the recliner and, you know, there's nobody here. And, he, and I said, this is pathetic. You'll yeah. have to send me a picture of that because my wife and I have talked about doing that same thing many times. Many well, times. I will definitely do. My husband actually just left because we we installed it easy peasy. It went in. It was a 58 inch recliner. We just took the short part of that L shaped lounge like you have as well in the, in the flying cloud. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is we, we, I went to open up the little compartment under the long part of that lounge and realized that, uh-oh, so my husband's going up today and just um, sawing down that part of it. And because the latch, thank goodness, is on, on the left side, which is perfect. So you can still open it because I put my Instapot and everything in there. So, so um, that you just probably want to know, I'm just giving you a heads up. You probably want to check that out, but it's, it's mm -hmm. the most comfortable thing and it's perfect. So yeah. you can watch TV and, you know, and the world goes by and, you know, you're well, safe. Well, we did find uh, that we had like, we called it the great purge of 2016 before we, we were going to, you know, move out here. Uh, we literally purged uh, you know, everything that was in our home, we threw away so much stuff that we had gotten and it felt so good to get rid of all that stuff. Now we're starting to collect some again, I have to be honest, but, but it is really nice to know that, Hey, I can survive. I can live with what's just in this trailer. It takes a yep. little bit more work. You don't, you know, you have to go to the laundromat. You don't have all the conveniences, but the trade-off is well worth it. Uh, like, like you said, at, at least for us. Uh, it's well worth it. I, I wish we could have done it full time, but it 
that's just not in the cards given our, our age, I think. Yeah, we, we just figured you know, we can live with less, you know? And yes. the thing is, for me, is I'm morbid, very morbid. And whenever I read, you know, uh, when I was a nurse, I used to always read the obituaries. I know this is horribly morbid, but, you know, I do that now. And I re always read the main paper. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they were 55 years old. Oh, my gosh, they were 60. I said, you know what? We better do this. Carpe freaking damn. If we don't do it, you know, I don't want it to be too late. Mm -hmm. I think once you hit 60, it's a very, because um, I just hit 60. And I think it's a very um, sombering time when you you take into uh, account what you need to learn you know that your time is limited you know hopefully yep. it's not that limited but yeah you know, and you want to purge stuff it's like we our kids don't want half this stuff let's just get rid of it and there's something very um i know the swedes do it what's called a swedish death cleaning and basically what they do is just the presence of mind who wants this stuff when I, when I, when I die and they get rid of a lot of stuff and their children never have to do that. And in some ways, you know, it's nice to, um, reduce how much consumer stuff that you buy. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, totally do I really the best need, way to go. You know, do I really need this? Do I really need that? And I think when you have like Victor and I, when you have a, a trailer that you're, you know, putting stuff in, you say, my husband will say, okay, where are we going to put it? How, and you know, and it's true. You have to be very savvy about having multi-use for certain things you bring in there and the weight of everything. So that yes. really is, it's a good exercise in um, reducing, you know, what you need and what you really need. <clears throat> oh, I agree. I agree. So Victor, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about is you mentioned that you want to replace your 2015 MacBook Pro. Yes, I, um, you know, it's been a great machine. It had the good keyboard. And when everyone went through the bad keyboard phase, I wanted nothing to do with that. And so and the machine's been solid. But uh, when the 13 inch was announced just recently, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready for um, a, a trade up here. It's, it is the machine I take with me in the winters and stuff. So uh, it doesn't need to be the super workhorse, but I did buy, you know, I, your listeners are probably aware that this new 13-inch MacBook Pro basically comes in two flavors, a flavor that's still the eighth generation until chips set and uh, with uh, two Thunderbolt ports. And so that really was just a, a, a speed bump, if you will. And, you know, the nicer keyboard is there, but it wasn't that big a deal. Actually, if, if, if I had to choose between that machine and the MacBook Air, I would probably go with the higher-end Air. But I do need the four Thunderbolt ports. Uh, and so I, I went, you know, to the to the other side uh, because, again, these machines easily can last five to six years uh, without any problem. And so, yeah, I made the decision to buy it. I bought it the day it came out. Uh, but it's taken them. It's actually going to be here next Wednesday. So it took them almost a month to make me one that was, um, you know, I got the 16 gigs with one terabyte and whatever the top uh, processor uh, was. But it, it obviously it was build to order because I didn't get it right away. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have a, a mid-2014 that I'm thinking about getting rid of, but I'm going to wait till next year to get it. Uh, I, I want to be able to touch it and look at it and <laughs> before I make my decision. And if I can do an aside here, because I had an experience in the last couple of days with Apple that your listeners might be interested in. Uh, me, like many other people, I have two Apple IDs, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and I regret ever doing that but I do. Uh, um, 
when I ordered this Mac, I ordered under the Apple ID that's for iCloud. And then I have an Apple ID that I use to purchase apps and prescriptions and all of that kind of stuff. The other day when I went to open the Apple Store app to see my status on my chipping, it would it defaulted to my uh, account where I don't buy stuff. So it said I didn't have any orders. And I'm like, what's going on here? This has worked great until today. So I spent literally six hours with Apple on Thursday mm-hmm. trying to migrate, not migrate, that's the wrong word, trying to figure out how I can go to one ID. After a lot of work, and I won't go into that, I was finally able to do it. So now I have you know, one Apple ID to rule them all. Although the other one's still there because it doesn't ever go away. It's like luggage. You never can get rid of it. It's there. But my last little surprise after I thought this whole techie thing was over, I had all my files where they needed to be. I had all my machines talking to each other. Well, I bought this uh, MacBook Pro with my Apple card. You know, the Goldman Sachs Apple card. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, hey, I need to pay this off. So under the new ID, I went into my machine and I went into my wallet. There's no Apple card. And I'm like, (laughs) what? And so the only thing that was under Apple card was apply for Apple card. I'm like, what? I have an Apple card. So I called Apple again. They got somebody from Goldman Sachs. Long story short, your Apple card is tied to your iCloud ID. If you change it, you're done. All you can do is call them, pay off the card by them getting the money out of your bank. You can't even pay it off with another card or you can do a balance transfer. Then you have to close that account. And if you want another card, then under your new ID, you have to reapply for the credit. So I said, sayonara, Goldman Sachs. I have never seen something so convoluted in my life that you cannot transfer my card to this other Apple ID. It is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, I said, I, I don't even have a number on this fancy Johnny Ives card that I can look at. It's <laughs> blank because of aesthetics. And I was not a happy camper. Thank yeah. goodness I had taken a picture of my, uh, if, if you have an Apple card, you can go in and get your actual card number and expiration date. Mm-hmm. Please take a screenshot of that and put it away someplace safe. Because if yeah, I wouldn't have you lost that, it. I don't know I just what, realized that. Yeah. You lost it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I don't know what I would have done. So it, uh, sorry for that aside, but it was so frustrating that, you know, think twice before you change it over. If, and because, um, thank goodness, I don't need this card. I, I need a, a credit card well, like I need a whole. But anyway. Well, thanks for saying that because I have two IDs and I was thinking about trying to incorporate it and I have an Apple card. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah, don't well, do that. <laughs> only do it. Only yeah, only do it to the wherever your Apple card, your iCloud one is, the one that has your Apple card. You can bring everything over from the other account and make that one, you know, the one account to rule them all. Yeah, but don't go the other way the, the way that I did. That's all. But I don't. I, I, I was like, they don't want my money. It's okay. Why Apple makes it so difficult? In fact, I was listening to last week's Mac Geek Gab, and one of the uh, questions was just this: I have my purchase ID and I have my everything else ID and I want to combine it, but I can't because mm. that's what people used to do. Yep. They wanted to keep things separate because yep. remember back back in the early 2000s, there was a lot of hacking in the iTunes store. 
Yes. So people wanted to keep their Apple purchase separate from everything else, and hence the reason for two Apple IDs. Mm-hmm. Now that's not a problem, or if it is a problem, if you don't really hear about it anymore. Right. So why can't Apple give us a way to take our two IDs and merge them into one? Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, I, I tweeted, you know, we can put a man on the moon, but we can't transfer an ID, you know, a merge two IDs together. Come on, Apple. You know, that is, if this wasn't, it's not a fun experience. And uh, and I don't really see a reason for it. I know about databases and it's really a database field. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, but they must have a good reason for it. And, uh, and just be warned. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, what did you think about the new iPad Pro that came out just before um, the uh, pandemic or li- just actually at the cusp of the pandemic, Victor? Because I was quite disappointed. I've been waiting and waiting because my battery is dying. When I use Procreate with my iPad mm-hmm. Pro and I have one that is um, it came out. That was the one I was had been waiting for. I didn't buy the first um, iPad Pros that came out. This was the 9.7 inch because I like that size, uh-huh. and I and I need I wanted the Apple Pencil. The thing is, is now I've had it for a couple of years, and every time I use Procreate, I'm ch- I'm charging my iPad Pro three times a day. It's re- it's ridiculous. If I use Procreate or any other thing, it's like boom. So I said, okay, I'll get a new. You know, maybe it's time to upgrade to a new iPad Pro. But they binned the twelve a twelve chip, and so then I read I was going to buy it. I didn't pull I didn't pull the trigger on that. I waited because I thought, huh, you know, I looked at some of the benchmarks on it, and then they said that there's going to rumor has it there's supposed to be an A thirteen coming out an iPad Pro this fall. And my husband, you know, works in technology. He said, well, it's not unusual for them to bend a chip, but, you know, maybe this one, you know, can take full utilization of the power of the chip. And that may be so, but I thought, so, you know, why didn't they just wait to come out with the A13? So I'm on the fence. I'm going to wait until this fall. I hate to wait because, I mean, I am charging my iPad all the time. It's so frustrating. Um, But my battery, you can just see it drains. I'll be working on a project. and. I've been working on some map making and procreate and I literally work two and a half hours, three hours, and I'm, I'm completely down to 10% from hundred percent. So it's extremely frustrating. I've never had this problem with it. It's just lately. And I've tried to, you know, you know, let it go dead and re- try to reset the battery. But I just think it's the, you know, I wish, I wish Apple, like you said, can put a man on the moon, but they could, you think they could make the battery live at least, you know, five years. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, it's uh, th- this obsession that they have with thinness. Yeah. And I think it's it starting is. to, it's starting to change. For example, the new MacBook pros are about a millimeter thicker. Uh, and part of that is because they wanted to have the better keyboard. You've got to be able to give, you know, design and practicality. You've got to be able to find a balance, you know, because I don't want a beautiful object that doesn't work. Yeah, you know, that's called a painting, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, I can do that. So yeah. there has to be a, a middle point. And so um, the, I, the iPad Pro, I have a 2017, perfectly happy with it. Um, you know, I just, I don't see it. I don't see spending $1,500 between a keyboard and an iPad when you can get a really nice MacBook Pro or a MacBook Air for that. Uh, I But I'm not a heavy iPad user by any means. I am a heavy iPhone, iPhone 11 Pro Max. That is my computer. That is my camera. That's the device I always have with me. 
So that's the device I maximize my usage for. I, and yeah. I love my I love my uh, my my uh, eleven Max too. But the thing is, for me, is I have I no longer use a laptop. I love the touch screen. I love everything about the iPad. I have been an iPad junkie since they've come out. I just have always loved my iPad. And I, I love the apps on my iPad. I do all my photo editing on my iPad. I mean, mm -hmm. Adobe was so long and coming out with a decent Photoshop for the iPad. I mean, yeah. just so... And then the iMac, I mean, even today, just to let you know how rarely I, I've just about i need to finish i almost sold my imac i have to you know i don't i didn't think anybody was going to be interested during the pandemic buying things but um i had to recharge my keyboard which is charging right now and my trackpad and my mouse and i said wow it's been a while since i've been on the computer and so i just do everything on it i write everything on it there's there's an app for literally everything that i need so to me it's a waste of money to have an imac or a laptop when i just absolutely love my ipad but i do want to continue with the pro line because i love it but i am not happy with the battery in this particular you know model so and i was just hoping that you know as far as some of these apps are um doing upgrades that are really powerful i mean procreate's a really powerful app uh, oh yeah and so you know it should be able to handle it so I, I was hoping that you know with the ipad pro i just think i don't know why I don't know why Apple does this. You know, they come out with like the iPad Pro. I think they did this a while ago, a few years ago. They came out, was it the Air? They came out with an iPad Pro and then like three or four months later, they came out with another one and it really yep. ticked everybody off. And I thought if they come out with this fall, I'll be happy, but I'll still be ticked off because the price, like you said, the price is really expensive on an iPad Pro now. It's not cheap. It's, it's an investment for sure. You bet. You bet. Okay, I think with that, we will wrap up. Victor, thank you so much for joining us and sharing yes, your adventures you. with us. If people want to get in touch with you, where would they do that? Well, my name, Victor Cahill, I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where you can find me on Twitter and on Facebook. And I have a YouTube channel. I'd love for you to subscribe to that, even though you know there won't be a lot of beautiful, wild uh, stuff. It'll be interesting. You'll get to see how I compose. You'll get to see me play my horn. And um, so, yeah, it, subscribe if you'd like. Uh, otherwise, um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as your music, is it available on Apple Music to purchase or to stream? Yes, you can look up my name, uh, Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify, and then the name of the CD that came out in 2016 is called Surrender. And it's uh, contemporary jazz, uh, very good, easy listening music to do meditation or yoga too or something like that i highly recommend that album i've been listening to it for the last couple of days and it's one of those albums that's very that got that sunday morning feel to it where mm -hmm. you just want to put some mac music on the background while you're reading the paper having a cup of coffee just you know laying low it's the perfect background music and it's also good for me when i'm doing any kind of writing i have music on all the time constantly have music on yeah, but when too. i'm writing i need instrumental music nope, that's what if this i start is. listening to the words then i start singing along or i start typing them instead of what i'm supposed to be writing about so this is the perfect kind of music if you've got reading or anything where you might get distracted by the words this is perfect so i highly recommend that you at least check it out do you play Listeners. alto or tenor sax, Victor? I play all of them. <laughs> I have cool. all of them and I play all of them. <laughs> yep. 
been playing since I was 14. So what if you excellent? Yeah. Yeah, that is. My son used to play um alto sax. Yeah, and then I write um, and comp- I write and compose everything too. So Okay. Okay, yeah. listeners, so go on to Apple Music and check that out. Uh again, we thank Victor for joining us. If you want to get the contact information for the three of us, you can find it at threegeekyladies.com with the number 3 spelled out and uh you can check us out on Facebook also in our group. We would appreciate that, and we thank all of you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Some people like their live casts to be informative, to the point, provocative, and timely. The Mac to the Future live cast is some of those things, but we won't say which ones. Join Dave Ginsberg, Guy Searle, and Warren Sklar for a weekly dose of Apple Fun every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Facebook or in the Mac to the Future Facebook group.